Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partner podcast series. My name is Greg Phelps. Joining me once again, Tifa Snow. And I've written down on my little piece of paper here, Tifa, is it lying or something else? Okay, so what to do when you're accused of lying, stealing stuff, and wanting to take everything I own? Now, does this really happen? Oh, unfortunately, it happens with fairly decent regularity. Um, Part of having dementia means your brain is not reasonable or logical, and it takes details and facts in evidence, but it links them together in weird and unusual ways. And so there's a very high risk that what I remember from a conversation and what you say happened aren't going to match. That if I put something on the table and then I put it in a drawer because I was afraid somebody would take it off the table, what I'll forget is that I put it in the drawer. And when I find it in the drawer, I think you must have put it there. And so you're hiding things from me. Or let's say it's missing from the table and I accuse you of having taken it and stolen it because, well, it should be there on the table. That's always where I keep it. So it's actually a fairly common phenomena um, in most dementias, and it will happen from fairly early on when people might actually just have what people tend to call MCI or mild cognitive impairment. It tends to be less, less marked, but it's sort of like, well, what did you do with my car keys? Now that's having said that, I, I'm just you... <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, you mean it's going to get worse? I mean, it's the kind of thing where I think I have a usual habit and routine and I look in the habitual place where the car keys are and they aren't where I usually look for them. And I do a quick inventory in my brain and I go, well, I'm pretty sure I put them there. I always put them. And the word I always put them there is the, is the clinker because we never always, we never always. So those are, that's that thing where my brain is tricking me. It says, well, you always do that. And it's like, hmm. So for me, I know in my brain, there's a little niggle that says, well, I usually do that. Did I do it? Is that what I did? Or, okay, so I was getting out of the car and then we do this background check in our own brain. Okay, so I was getting out of the car. What did I have in my hands? Have you ever done that? (laughs) Yeah, now now imagine when you do it, there's actually missing pieces of data. So Ah. you don't have any memory of today getting out of the car, but your brain says, oh, here it is. And it was two days ago. And two days ago, you went grocery shopping. So how do I tell when it's normal and not normal? Ah, Good question. Um, It could be for that person, frequency, intensity, or volume of the change. So if I've always been a somewhat suspicious person and a somewhat accusatory person, I say, where did you put my car keys? then it wouldn't ring any bells right away when I'm starting to say, well, where did you put the chocolate? And it's like, well, I think it's on the shelf. You know, you would, you would sort of still go and it's like, well, where, well, why did you move it? And you do your, well, I I didn't move it. I mean, you moved it and you're starting to get arguments. Whereas before I would have just said, oh yeah, shoot, I totally forgot about that. Um, Or, you know, when I start not recognizing that, Oh, yeah, because usually when I find the thing, there's this 
uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Yeah, now I remember. I was getting the bag out and I thought I heard something. I guess it was the car keys. They fell down to the bottom of the recycle bag and I, I totally meant to pick them out and I didn't. But it, we've looked for an hour and a half oh. um, trying to figure out where the heck I put the car keys. That might be sort of a moment where you go, huh, is this happening with greater frequency, with more variability? Is it happening to other things? I mean, in other situations? If so, we've got to ask the question, I'm not sure this is normal anymore. I think something might be happening that's worth exploring. But it may not be dementia. It could be that my medication is causing me to be a little fuzzy, that my sleep disturbance is causing me to be a little fuzzy, that my um, diabetes is less balanced than it should be. That So there's all kinds of possibilities. But what I would say is it should get checked out because that's not normal. I mean, that's truly not a normal thing for there to be that kind of change in our relationship. Now, you, you've, um, I've heard you say in the past, uh, what, how does it go? You've met one person living with dementia. You've mm-hmm. met one person. Did I get that right? One person. Yeah, living with you dementia. met one person living with dementia. You've met that one person living with dementia. Yeah, because there's so many different kinds of dementia and there's so many different people and each human has been a full out human before they get dementia. And so they have a pattern behind them, a life behind them that's going to partially impact their life forward with dementia. And not all dementias are the same and not everybody experiences them the same. And what I'd also say is not only everybody only gets one dementia. (laughs) So I was just sort of asking you for a map and you're telling me that, okay, there's a map, but it just, we don't know where it leads. Don't count on it. Yeah. I mean, so what is true is though, I want to look at what your typical baseline was. And when you're not on your baseline anymore, I want to get curious about that because cognitive change can be one of the early indicators for so many different things that are fixable, are are remediable, are are sustainable, that we don't want to assume it's a dementia right away and start thinking, oh, no, there's nothing I can do. And even when it is dementia, thinking, oh, no, there's nothing I can do. Well, that's that's inaccurate. It's, it, it can progress from, from the losing and misplacing and thinking that maybe I've taken it to, to outright accusations of, of mm-hmm. theft. And then uh, I've even heard of a case where uh, a woman was claiming that she was sexually assaulted in the care home and then investigation, nothing mm-hmm. happened. You, you, sort of, you want to listen to victims, but uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of a whole scary field. It's hard because, you know, truly the person's brain is lying to them. They're not lying. And I think that's where people make the mistake, the sense that they're actively saying these things and and they know they're not true. It's like, well, that's not the case. Their brain is feeding them false data. Now it's fake data, but they don't know that. I mean, sort of like fake news, they think it's true. So if if I try to get them to understand it's not true, do I become more the enemy or am I helping? And it turns out if I try to get them to not believe their brain and their brain has them convinced that something has happened, all I'm doing is reinforcing that I cannot be trusted. I cannot be a helper. I, they're on their own. I'm not helping. I don't care. I'm out for something. And so letting go of the idea that I'm going to get them to get it. If I repeat it or show them the evidence, that's, 
it's not going to take me where I want to go. And it's one of the hardest things to let go of. Mm. Also speaking louder apparently doesn't help either. No, because then you sound angry and it sounds like you're mad. And see, that's just more evidence because you're, you're, I think the lady doth protest too much, as Shakespeare would say. I mean, you know, that's what I'm thinking, that you're yelling because you did do it. And it's like, I'm not. And that's just causing the brain to shut down even further. So it's hard. So uh, I do have a way to try to help with this, but you got to let go of the idea that you're going to fix them. So what sort of skills do we need? And I I know you could spend hours on this and you probably do in some of the workshops, but what are some, some, what's a couple of takeaways that people can have a little bit of knowledge going into this? So one of the very first things when somebody surprises you with an accusation is something like, and so this is the skill, it's, wow, wow. So you're thinking that I, I took the keys well, I can't find the damn things. You yeah, they're missing. They're missing. So they're obviously not where they usually are. And you tend to, you always keep them up on the thing and they're not there. You're absolutely Why right. You, you keep stealing stuff. Every time Somebody, you go home, oh there's something God. missing. Wow. So it feels like every time I come over, something goes missing. Well, that's not I'm, good. I'm looking for something every time you go. It's that, and so that's, of course, you mean, though, no wonder you think I've done something because every time I come, something is missing. It's not where it should be. I'm going to search you when you go out now. Well, that, I mean, if, if, if things are going missing, maybe, maybe you should check, maybe we should check my pockets before I go. Cause that's got to be scary and frightening and frustrating all at the same time. So you didn't turn around and accuse me of being a senile old coot, which might have been my initial reaction. Yeah, well, it's not going to, I mean, I could feel that way, but it's not going to help. So my very first thing was, wow, I want to point out what that actually does is cause me to empty my lungs and breathe. It's like, what? No, I, and, and I didn't go, what? No, what are you talking about, Dan? Why would I do that? I didn't get all defensive and get freaky and shrill. And then said, Wow. So you thought, I mean, you're, you're thinking I took stuff. Wow. Oh no, that's not good. So a couple of takeaways. You took a deep breath. You forced yourself to calm down. You didn't, I was going to say fall for the bait, but I really wasn't baiting you. It's by perception. So what else could people do? If it's getting hard for you, think about whether or not you need a break. I think sometimes uh, when we're in these situations, we feel like we have to do this solo. And it could be that you need a you need somebody else to stand up for you, but not in the way they tend to think about it. I don't need somebody like our friend Emilio coming in and saying, now, dad, that's not what she said. Like a sister or brother is like, so dad, you're really frustrated with her. It feels like things go missing when she's over. I hate that for you too, because you guys have always enjoyed being with each other. Well, when she's coming over, tell me a little bit about what you all are doing. Because want to know what my best guess is, Greg? I'm trying to get you to take a shower. I'm trying to get you to clean the place. I'm trying to get to empty the trash. I'm moving things. I am cleaning up. Why am I cleaning up? Because you have crap all over the place. What I don't realize is my effort to be helpful, your brain interprets as as taking things, moving things, because your brain is having a really hard time, and so am I. So finding who can help um, and recognizing this is normal for dementia as a common symptom. It's not normal for normal aging. So I need help. 
Okay, so we're going to take a deep breath and we're going to figure out a rational approach instead of panicking. Yeah, and we're going to get help. And we're going to get I, I'd say at this point, you need some help because if you're not careful, the relationship will fall apart even more. And that's scary because I may be your primary link to the world. Tipa, as always, thank you very much. You are so welcome. It's good to be with you. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partner podcast series.